Hello and welcome to another Comedian's Interview for my blog and podcast, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1,300 comedians and counting for nearly 50 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today. It's the brilliant Joe Ball. Yay! <laughs> Hello, my friend. <laughs> Hello, Rich. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. Thank you. Uh, I'm in my car. Um, yeah. I found, yeah, I found, I've got twenty percent of battery left. Hopefully, that's all right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, we'll have. We'll, we, we will go as fast as we can. But uh, thank you so much for being a guest. I, I'm, I'm delighted you're a guest today. Um, we're going to talk about your career. And I'd like to go yeah. right back to the start and ask you first, how did you become a comedian in the first place? God. Um, March, to, March, to, March 5th, I think, 2005, I, I did my first ever gig at, uh, downstairs at the King's Head, which I've uh, actually just made a film about. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, it came about, I, I, I was a filmmaker. I uh, went to film school, made a film, an animation that went to the Edinburgh uh, film festival and then whilst I was at the film festival I sort of watched a bit of comedy up there um, and the film that I'd made got a few laughs and I thought oh I can write funny I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a go booked in to do The King's Head and um, that's it that's how it started that was it so so would you say that your first few gigs you would go along with a friend and you do five minutes here and there is that how you gained the experience yeah, it was lovely when we started out because you know there's, you know you have your your year group the people the people that are doing the same sort of open mic uh, nights and and actually there was a guy Michael O'Donovan he doesn't do it anymore but he was really helpful the first time he saw me he sort of told me about the other gigs and uh, helped me get on at, at some other ones uh, and everyone was really helpful there was a real community and um, uh, yeah you sort of. There's, yeah, you saw a lot of the, the same sort of faces around that time, and um, it was lovely. And then it gets a little bit low, a little bit more lonely as, um, as you go on. <laughs> but it was lovely starting out. Yeah, it's such a it's such an iconic venue, the King's Head. I used to live when I first came down to London. My home is Carlisle, city's Carlisle, home city's Carlisle. But I've been in London yeah. for my life, and I first lived in Stone Newington with my brother, and then I lived in Crouch End. And uh, I used to go at the, the downstairs King's Head all the time. And my first one would be about 1990, 19, when, when it first opened. And I can yeah. remember vividly um, watching the likes of Jeff Green and in particular Harry Hill, who still holds the record for the greatest opening line I've ever heard. He brushed past me, he was late for the gig. He stood up on the stage and went, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry I'm late. I had to have a testicle brought down and there was a pause and a laugh and then he said from Derby <laughs> and then from that day on I thought this is fantastic and and uh, I would go every week but when I eventually met Harry Hill about four or five years ago when I first met him I told him that story and he went Richard he said I still tell that to this day <laughs> There's so many wow. memories of that place. And what a great place to start, because you've got such yeah. an encouraging audience as well, I would I would imagine. Yeah, it's it's the perfect gig. 
Um, it's uh, it's very intimate. Uh, they let you know whether something's funny or yeah. not. They're very very honest crowd, very encouraging crowd. Um, I think if I'd have done something, they'd done a gig which was a bit more of a bear pit. There probably wouldn't have been a second gig. So it was um, yeah, it was, de- it was definitely a nice start um, in comedy, and it and it it remains one of my favourite gigs. Yeah, it is. It is. Um... What do you like to talk about on stage? Do you have any particular themes or any ideas, or is it is it just of the moment, or or what? It, it, it's interesting. I, I always think um, there's a difference between what I like doing on stage and what the audience likes me doing. Um, I, I, you know, I've, I've found an audience likes me to tell embarrassing stories, and um, they like <laughs> you to be honest. Really, I like silly jokes. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, I like doing my character when I when I get to do my character. Um, yeah, there's sort of there's so much that I like and so much comedy that I like and that I like doing. Um, every gig sort of is so different. So um, I, anything that makes an audience laugh, I'm a slave to the laughter. Yeah, it's so good. Well, I should ensure my laugh. I mean, uh, I, I I can't believe that my laugh carries because I'm so loud. The, 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 yeah. uh, I saw uh, when I was 10, one of the first gigs I ever saw was Tom O'Connor at Torquay. I mean, Tom O'Connor, of all people, a classic 70s club comedian. And I didn't know yeah. who it was, but he, he walked on and I laughed so hard at his patter. It actually floored him and he, <laughs> he had to walk off, come back on again, just his time start again. And I thought... Amazing. Is that me? That must be me. And I thought, I've got something here. So, so thank you, Tom. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you're, you, you were definitely, I, I saw you at the um, King's Head gig. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the other week. Uh, um, that was extraordinary, celebrating 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, um, a great gig. And, and uh, I mean, it was just an extraordinary uh, lineup. It was um, Al Murray, Phil Nickel. I got drenched in beer from Al Murray. I got. Um, <laughs> Uh, an advance from Phil Nickel. I got sworn at by Nick Helm. I love it. Because <laughs> sitting on the front row, it's like, well, yeah, yeah. she's in. It's, it's so, so good. Um, please tell me about your writing process for a routine or a show. Do you have a particular process? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to sit down and write. I used to get up every morning. I used to watch uh, a comedy show. Uh, and that would sort of get me going. I've watched so many comedy shows that, that you know, I, I, I studied it. Um, and then that would sort of get me going and I'd sort of get into the rhythm from there and then spend the day writing. So I, I used to do it, you know, quite full on. Now it's a little bit different. I, you know, I, I put notes in my phone. If, if a thought comes or if something happens that inspires me and then at some point I'll sort of expand on those notes um and obviously there's there's stuff for my character and there's stuff for me and it's normally autobiographical it's normally i've got a structure um in my set uh that you know is um is kind of there like it's got certain subjects that i talk about um so if it sort of fits normally if it fits into that then um you know i I talk a lot about being a dad at the moment and um uh talk a lot about food and i talk a lot so for some reason, I talk a lot about going to America. So I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with America at the moment. So anything that kind of fits into those sort of categories, um, 
that uh, at the moment that's kind of where 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 I'm at and it's kind of based on real life and observations and if there's any jokes that that fit in there or, or observations then that's kind of how I, how I work it there's loads yeah. of different techniques yeah. I, I I sometimes work with other comics and help some other comics and there's certain techniques that I know that work for me um certain styles so if I know that that uh observation or that thing that's happened will fit into my sort of style then I normally know quite straight away really quite early on if I know that it works in my voice um then I know that it's going in that's fantastic. If if you can hear what you're saying, you can get away with whatever. If if you've got an audience that that you go out there and you think right, I'm 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 gonna be as endearing as I can to the audience. And once you've done that, which you do in buckets, when I've seen you live, you can get away with practically saying whatever you want to get your point across. And and obviously, if you add joke, if you if if it's got jokes in it, that the audience are going to listen a lot more. And I think and I think comedy is a wonderful way of voicing whatever you have to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's there's I, I really appreciate comics that are sort of political and, and yeah. talk with passion. But you know, if I'm <laughs> I find at the moment if I'm talking about you know the 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 struggles of being a dad or the obsession with food or my obsession with America they sort of seem to be truthful to me at the moment and um, I'm able to sort of find find the funny there and it, with my rhythm I find that I've been doing it for so long that I know my rhythm yeah. I know what sort of, what sort of works for me yeah that's brilliant um, you're also a filmmaker you said you went to film school. How yeah, did you yeah. get into this? When, when you, when you, did you always wanted to be a filmmaker? Did, did were you making films as a kid, or how did, how did this come about? Yeah, my, well, my dad was a film censor, so he would, he brought me up, watch, you know, watch a lot of film growing up, um, and then I went, you know, I did, I did art, and then I, I, I did graphic design, and then I got a video camera when uh, around sort of seventeen, eighteen. I was a bit like. Dawson from Dawson's Creek. I was just sort of filming everything. Um, I just made a lot, you know, and I went to film school. So I'd make a lot. I find that the more you make, the more mistakes you make, the more you the more you sort of learn. So that really, yeah, made a lot of mistakes. And um, yeah, I've sort of learned kind of how, to, I mean, it, obviously going to film school really helps learning all the tricks yeah. of the trade. Yeah. Um, yeah. And lately I've been sort of taking it more seriously again and, um, making films about comedy as well, which is what I'm that, passionate about. I find, I find that fascinating because you've got the best of both worlds of what you're doing. You, you, you made uh, the one about the king's head and you made the, the feature before was about a famous comic, wasn't it? Tell me, tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've, I've made a few. The, the one that is on Amazon at the moment, uh, it's called Ian Cognito, A Life and Death on Stage. Um, and it is about uh, one of my favourite comedians, Ian Cognito, who who died on stage. Um, and he was uh, very, I suppose he was a comics comic. He was, um, you know, you'd have to see him live. Uh, and he never really, wasn't really famous until he died on, on stage. And that sort of story went around the world. And, uh, and he had a real impact on people who knew him and saw him um and especially comedians 
And um, yeah, I felt like he deserved to have a film made about him. People, more sad. people in. I feel like more people should know who he was. And I, and it was the, yeah, it was amazing seeing it do well at festivals, and then you know having you know, being able to get it onto Amazon was was amazing. Yeah, that's superb. It's it it's the thing about. Um... I mean, I mean, I was very fortunate at seven to see Tommy Cooper live, and yet, and yet, infamously, he sadly passed away on stage as well. A, a lot of them, uh, the adrenaline and the and the not the stress of doing it, but the the adrenaline to keep going and to make people laugh. It, it must be extraordinary to keep veterans. Eric Morgan was another one that comes to mind. You know. Yeah. Well, he put so much into his comedy. Yeah. He was a fascinating yeah. character, and, and and I'm glad I made it. I learned more about him and what made him tick, and what made him brilliant, but also, you know, what made him struggle, and and how he became who he was. Um, it's yeah, it was um, it was amazing to uh, to make. I'm really proud of it, and um, yeah, it's uh, he's quite a character. Quite yeah. A character, yeah. And yeah, and 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 that was followed up, as you said at the start, with um, the oldest comedy club in Britain, which I had the privilege of seeing at the um, Art House Cinema in Crouch End. And I mean, what a fitting tribute to an amazing, iconic place. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, we made that. Uh, so we, I made the Incognito film with with Danny Ward, and and then this one. Um, I pretty much did on my own, although my editor would would have words with me about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's a love letter to my, you know, a place that means a lot to me. Um, and uh, and I, it wasn't hard getting some great comedians uh, to do it as yeah. well because it means a lot to a lot of people, to a lot of comedians and a lot of audience members as well. So yeah, it was it was lovely and it was it was really well attended the the little run that we did at the art house. Um, so yeah, that it was lovely seeing it on the big screen. Um, when I, when I um, attended the fortieth about a few weeks ago, I did I, I did a week of attending the Tuesday night fortieth anniversary show, and then the Saturday yeah. I came to see your film and the Saturday night show. And what was amazing when I walked in, I hadn't been there for about ten years, but it was as though nothing had changed. When you go into the bar, then you literally are downstairs. And there, yeah. there was dear old Hugh Thomas, who was brought out of retirement. And literally, he came up to me and he went, hello, Richard. I remember your laugh from 20-odd years ago. And, wow. I, Sam, I, was there, and I, was lit, I was nearly in tears. I thought, this is extraordinary. And then to see s s the love in that evening for the place, which then reflected in your film. I knew I was going to have a good time when I went to see it. And it was perfect. So well done, you. I thought. I, I, oh, thank you. As I say, it was a very, very fitting tribute. Um, don't mind me asking this, but do you prefer filmmaking to stand-up comedy, and why? If you do, it's a good question. Um, yeah, people often ask me that. I, I, um, I like both. Um, it depends what kind of what kind of mood I'm in. I like, <laughs> I like filmmaking because I get to work with other people. Yeah. And it is less less lonely, um, but it, and it's an amazing achievement when you finish a film, especially a feature film where it's taken, you know, six months, sometimes a year, um, and it's a real labour of love, and 
uh, but you never know with a film what the reaction is going to be. So it is special. Um, there's a film I just made uh, about Tanya Lee Davis, um, mm. which we just screened in uh, LA and Vegas. And um, it was amazing. The reaction to that, um, yeah, it meant it meant so much. Um, but, I, you know, d- doing stand-up is very personal and there's massive highs and lows, you know, when, um, you know, the, the feeling you get when you've written something and it works and you've created laughter is, it's an amazing feeling, yeah. I had to go once, once uh, only, <laughs> years and years ago. And you were a promoter at Edinburgh. And um, uh, I said to him, um, I can remember all the jokes the comedians tell me. I think I'd be very good at doing this. And he said, well, we've got a, ga- a gong show in the Haymarket. Come along to that. So I wrote a five-minute script about me crashing cars in Carlisle. And he liked it. And he went, right, he said, you've got three minutes and you might get gonged off if they don't like you. So I walked out, there's three people in the crowd. And uh, the first thing I said was, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. People think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, the ski jumper, but I can't see the resemblance myself. And the time I did it, I was his double. And one old fella at the back just went, fuck off, cut me off. And, and the promoter went, have another go. I went, no, no, I, I don't know about that, but... I think I, I think my um, uh, 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 way way in the world is sitting in the audience supporting you. I'll never say never again, but it it was an experience to do it, and and that's another reason why when I go and watch you, I've got the utmost admiration for you going out there and having and having a go at doing it, if nothing else. But if you're yeah. if you've done it for so long, and I say to a lot of ex, a lot of comedians, it's all about the experience. I can imagine. Um, Obviously, the better you get, the funnier you are. I I saw you once at the 99 Club in Leicester Square. Oh, God. And, yeah. and, and, and you were comparing it. And you made a superb job of comparing because oh, you also you. got your routines in, which, which were brilliant, you know, and the audience were with you all the way. So everybody was up and ready for the main acts. It was it, it was brilliant. Again, do you prefer comparing to uh, a, performing a routine at all? Or yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I compare a lot for the 99 Club, actually. They, they, they um, we get asked to compare a lot. So I'm obviously, I'm obviously, I must be okay at it. Um, I, um, I like the skills that it's given me. Um, you know, it, it does affect your your uh, your routine. But now, I mean, it's quite pop. It's quite a popular thing to be able to talk to an audience um, because you're able to, you know, come up with, um, you know, material in the moment, which is yeah. um, I hadn't realised that that's probably that can be quite a good that can be quite a good thing. Um, <laughs> and you're not you're not aware of it, but it's um, it's quite a good skill, I think. Um, I sound like I can't do it now, but um, <laughs> I'm obviously better no, when I've got you it can, all. and you're very good. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Follow, following on from that, do you get any nerves at all before you go on stage? Um, if it's a new environment, um, then yeah, and I do. I you know you never really know. Sometimes when you're trying new material, I, I kind of often I, I try and do a little bit every day because that gives me makes it exciting. Um, but if I'm doing you know something in a venue where I really don't quite know how it's going to go, or um, I sometimes do cruise ships and 
that can be quite a tough audience. You're doing a long time, um, and that's probably the most nerve-wracking because uh, you you really you know you think I could get booted off uh, <laughs> at any moment, um, and uh, it's quite tough when you're doing 45 minutes to an elderly crowd, and that is. you know you, you're censoring yourself as you're going. Um, yeah, the people that kind of the comics that do that are, are really. Um, yeah, it, does, it takes a skill to be able to do that. So I get quite nervous when I do those sort of gigs, um, but not if I'm not if I'm comparing. Yeah. Would it would it be fair to say that as soon as you've got your first laugh from your first joke, the nerves, yeah. any nerves that were there, go? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you, that first laugh definitely helps you um, relax a little. Um, it's always important to get that first laugh in there. Yeah, if you if you haven't had that first laugh, and 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 you're quite away into the set, that I think that's when you start feeling the sweat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and following on from that, um, how do you remember yeah. all your routines? Do you have any pointers in your head? You said you made notes. Do you have things on like points on your hands and things like that? I do always look at my list before yeah. I go on. Because I compare and I can sort of go off, you know, if I'm talking to someone about something, I can sort of uh, uh, enjoy that conversation too much. Um, so it's always good to sort of keep in control and know where my know what jokes I've got. So I sort of just have that list backstage. I look at it. I add to it, um, you know, now and again, uh, maybe take bits out. So um, it's good to sort of have there and look at before I go on. Yeah. yeah, the the most creative thing other than this blog that I've done, I wrote and appeared in a play, which I wrote called The Applicant. Yeah, which, uh, we made a lot of money for Comet Relief for. Originally, it was for Edinburgh. It's just a half hour play, and it's basically about me uh, coming down from Carlisle, who has a successful girlfriend in London, and I've never had a job, so it's me as me with a different name. And my mate, uh, who was very good at accents, playing a series of interviewers, interviewing me. So it's only two people, but he's very good at accents. And um, so it, it was basically that, and I, I got a job at the end of it. And um, But the very first uh, scene is me running in. I've got no idea, and I'm panicking, looking at the audience. And I've written this monologue to set the story up. And so I start chatting to the audience, waiting for the interviewer to come on. And I'd written this wonderful monologue, and everything. And I ran out the first night I did it, and I forgot the forgot it. Oh no! <laughs> I was like a rabbit in headlights. I was literally my dad yeah, works yeah. in a sweet shop, and 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 <laughs> and it, it was. And we'd rehearsed it, and I thought, what is going on? The, the best thing I did was get his, his name in, which was the best joke I wrote, Norman Oliver Hope. So all the rejection letters were D-A-N-O Hope. It was, and that got a big laugh. <laughs> but maybe one day, take it to Edinburgh, who knows. Anyway, uh, uh, let us move on to Edinburgh. Um, yes. I, uh, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to go to Edinburgh Fringe every year, and I'm branching out this year, going to a lot more festivals. It's my holiday. I go for a week. I absolutely love it. Um, can you tell me what was your first 
Edinburgh fringe like um, and what what did you do up there what year did you go and uh, what did you think of it all um, I, well I, I sort of did what a lot of comics do I, I was in some showcases quite early on um, uh, I, I compared the Pleasance Reserve and uh, did I did a show called the Christian the Jew the Muslim and the Geordie um, <laughs> nice. it was supposed it was supposed to be with, it was supposed to be with three other acts, but the Christian pulled out. But thankfully, the the um, uh, the Geordie was called Christian, so it still made sense. <laughs> uh, uh, so I did that, and then I did. I think it was two thousand nine. I did my first show. Um, uh, it was called a study of embarrassment uh, uh, by a guy with two bum holes. And I, I sort of regret the title. Um, I do regret the title, <laughs> but um, it was uh, it was very nerve wracking. It was very nerve wracking doing your first one, and and it, your first time I was doing my show on my own, so it did become suddenly very lonely, and and you're at the mercy of reviewers, and and you don't realise that it, you know, um, how sort of it can be it can be quite competitive and. You know, you take it quite personally, the reviews. So it was quite, a, it was quite a tough month, but a big, yeah, big learning curve. And so, um, so glad was, I did it. Was that for the twenty-five nights for the hour show? Was it an hour show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that is yeah. a slog. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a long. It was quite a long month. I mean, the venue was nice, but uh, again, there's so many variables that have to be right for your Edinburgh show. You have to have a, you know, a, a, a great show in a great venue at a great time. You know, it all has to sort of come into place. And yeah, um, yeah I probably could have done with maybe a year or two to work on it. I was sort of in a bit of a rush, I think, to, to sort of do that hour. Um, but what yeah, year, I learned a lot from What year was your first solo show? What, 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 what year? What year? I think it was 2009, maybe 2010. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've, you've done more shows since Edinburgh, uh, um, at Edinburgh, at the Fringe. Yeah. 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 And are you, are you, are you uh, doing one this particular year? Uh, I'm not doing this year. Um, yeah. I'm making a lot of films this year, so yeah. um, I'll probably, uh, probably take the year. Uh, the year off. My last one, I did a show called The Story of Walter and Herbert. That was probably the most successful one. It got sort of shortlisted for a Radio 4 series uh, two years in a row. And it was um, and it was quite nice doing a story. I found that sort of structure really worked for Edinburgh, having one big story, yeah. So That's I'd probably do something That's so good. Yeah. Right, right, we're going to speed on because uh, you haven't got much uh, battery in your phone. Um, <laughs> what, uh, who are your favourite comedians? Past and present. Uh, well, past and present. Uh, Steve Coogan. I'd yeah. probably say Alan Partridge is probably my favourite character yeah. ever. Um, I love watching Carl Donnelly. Um, I find him effortless. Um, so yeah, on the comedy circuit at the moment, I really like watching Carl, and he seems to have new material all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so good. Um, mine, I would say, my first ever gig was Les Dawson. Which was amazing, wow. and uh, the, I've got a section in my blog called "The Ones That Got Away." And top of the tree there, Morecambe and Wise. I would have loved to have seen them live, but I was yeah. there at the start of alternative comedy. I, 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 I just love it, and I go as often as I can 
to see new and encouraging comics as well as big, um, obviously established stars. Um, yeah, like, like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience? Well, that King's Head one is probably the first one I've been to, you know, a compilation bill uh, for, for a while where I've yeah. not been on. Um, I don't normally. I, I, I will see someone if they're on tour, if it's someone like Steve Coogan yeah. um, or if it's Ed, in Edinburgh, I'll try and see um, uh, as many shows as possible in Edinburgh. Yeah, definitely. If, but, uh, yeah. If, if you're on a bill of comedians, if you're comparing, would you stay and watch all the acts? Yeah, definitely. I, I try and watch. Um, I mean, if, if if I've seen them before and quite recently, I might might not sit all the way through it, but I'll try and watch as much as possible. Yeah. I love comedy. I love yeah. watching comedy. You and yeah. me both. Um, yeah. This has been fantastic. It's been it's it, it's been short and sweet, but I've so much enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? Where can people find you on social media or? Uh, t- Tell tell people about your new film coming out. Uh, yeah, um, my uh, my socials. I, I'm I'm on um, Twitter at Joseph Bohr, Bor. I'm on Instagram Joe Bohr One. Uh, yeah, let me know if you want a film. My films are at JoeBohrFilms.com. Brilliant. Well, all the very best to you. I think you're a fantastic comedian and a great filmmaker. That that, that last film you did about the King's Head was extraordinary. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll Thanks, see you very soon. All the best to you. Thanks, Cheers, mate. Take care.